And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Late night Midnight on the interstate I didn't feel so Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. My guest today, Jesper Wallstadt of the Iowa Wild. Actually, it's pronounced Wallstadt. Uh, that's how he told us it's pronounced in Swedish during training camp. And uh, But he also told us that we could pronounce it any way that we want. That's just uh, because he's so happy to be here right now. And uh, that, was, that time that he told us how to pronounce his last name was after his first exhibition win. I don't know if you remember the uh, Ryan Hartman overtime goal. I don't know if you remember Ryan Hartman at this point. Uh, he's been out. It feels like so long since that that fight in Chicago. Um, but uh, Wallstat's my uh, guest today. He just had his birthday the other day and celebrated his first ever North American professional victory with the Iowa Wild by scoring a goalie goal. It is, by my uh, reporting, uh, the first goalie goal in Minnesota Wild organization history. Uh, it's the first goalie goal. Definitely the Wild have never had a goalie goal. The Iowa Wild have never had a goalie goal. And I looked back and uh, asked a bunch of people. And as far as they know, at least while the Houston Arrows were the Wild's uh, affiliate, that there was never a goalie goal there. So we believe this was the first goalie goal in Wild organizational uh, organization history. Um, and Wallstat now 1-0-3, the 20th overall pick. Uh, in last year's draft, he's 1-0-3 in uh, Iowa and uh, off to a good start. Uh, hasn't gotten a lot of starts because he was injured in between there. And we'll talk to Wallstead about that 
um, today. Uh, but the Wild are down in Nashville. Joe Smith is down there, and hopefully everybody's been reading Joe's exceptional coverage of the Wild since he got here uh, early last month and um, did an incredible Stephen Fogarty piece last week. Um, happened to be uh, next to Mason Shaw when Shaw scored his second NHL goal and his first um, his first uh, I- I at home. He was sitting next to actually Mason Shaw's dad, and uh, Shaw's dad high-fived him, and that was a really good piece. Today's down in Nashville alone, um, so he got exclusively uh, Tyson Jost. He got exclusively Mason Shaw as well, and Mason Shaw has been uh, told to stay. Move out of the hotel, get your own place. Um, great anecdotes from Mason Shaw uh, to uh, Joe Smith. I won't ruin it because this podcast will be out before the story, but great anecdotes from Mason Shaw and how Billy Guerin broke the news to him that he was staying in Minnesota. Really good, good stuff. Um, and Mason Shaw just continues to have bite um, in his game and has essentially taken the job of Tyson Jost, who... Um, was told by Dean Evason in Ottawa. I think I reported at the time that Dean Evason pulled Tyson Jost at the morning skate into a room and had a five-minute conversation with him. And the big thing that he told Tyson Jost then was, uh, you're not playing with bite. And uh, since then, Tyson Jost continually get, has been getting scratched. He was scratched two in a row there in Ottawa and Detroit. And, um, you know, ever since uh, he got back in the lineup, maybe didn't prove himself to the point that, uh, that, 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 Dean Evason had liked, and now he has been not only scratched the last three games, but Mason Shaw has essentially taken his job. And in a further indictment, um, that Jost was scratched for guys like Adam Beckman and Joseph Cramarosa. So clearly, Tyson Jost is not in good standing right now with the Wild um, uh, after a really, really good training camp. And I know that Tyson is trying to keep his head up. I know I'm sure he's down in the dumps, frustrated. But again, Joe Smith got him today, um, and he and he held his head uh, high, and he's trying to figure out a way to get back. Back in the lineup and then prove himself there um, and, and to, to play with the bite and the jam that the Wild would like him to play. Uh, he was given a lot of opportunity early in the season, just didn't produce, and then slowly uh, but surely worked his way down the lineup and eventually out of the lineup. And now the question is, how do the Wild handle this stuff? Uh, Brandon Duhame is coming back to the lineup tonight. Jordan Greenway is out again. Ryan Hartman's out definitely long term. I saw him after the game the other night against Seattle, and he looked uh, very, very frustrated and didn't look healthy at all. Um, so he's not going to be back for a while. So do you just dump Tyson Jost, um, or do you just continue to have a $2 million uh, player sit in the press box? My gut, Billy Guerin's at the GM's meetings now. Got to think he's shopping Tyson Jost for about anything right now just to get out of the cap hit. Um, and if that doesn't work, then maybe you put him on waivers and try to send him down to the minors and get a little cap relief that way. Uh, but right now, having a $2 million player in the press box is definitely not ideal. Although Alex Goligoski, also a $2 million player, is in the line is in the press box every single night as well. And remember, Saturday night he gets honored for his thousandth game. He's only played one game since then. And uh, do you play him in his thousandth uh, game that he's being honored in, or in the game that he's being honored for playing his thousandth game, or do you do you you know have him in street clothes there? Definitely an awkward situation potentially coming up on Saturday. Uh, the Lions uh, tonight um, definitely uh, scrambled a bit. Um, Dean Evason admitted today that he has talked with his um, uh, coaching staff about potentially at some point temporarily splitting up Matt Zuccarello and Kirill Kaprizov. Um, it won't happen tonight, though. 
But the reality is, is as much as these two are carrying the offense and have to be bearing the brunt of carrying the offense, um, they they have not been good lately. Uh, their lines are getting slaughtered in the possession numbers, and a lot of the reasons are they only again look for each other, and they're throwing pucks away left and right, uh, particularly on the power play. But Zuccarello especially is just throwing pucks through traffic and things like that, and it's created a major mess. And um, you know, again, East West hockey. Um, uh, turnovers galore, being too cute. That is usually when Dean Evison brings that stuff up. He's talking about those two players specifically. But again, it's that fine balance there. That's how they create their offense. And they are the only two on this team right now creating any offense. So how do you make them pay the piper? But if you remember last year, Dean temporarily split them when he felt they were, quote, not playing the, the hockey the right way. And they definitely heard the message loud and clear because they both picked up their game, especially Kaprizov had a monster game in that game and admitted that he heard the message loud and clear. And uh, eventually they got back together and then continue to produce. So at some point that might happen. But right now it's not going to happen tonight. But Marco Rossi will play with Matt Boldy and Marcos Foligno tonight. Um, and the other lines are Mason Shaw is going to play with Ulerix and Eck and Connor Durer which could make a really good line. And then Adam Beckman's with uh, Sam Steele and Brandon Duham, who has not practiced since he was hurt. So they're going to ease him back into the lineup. Uh, but remember, Duham was playing up in the lineup when he got injured uh, that one home game against, I believe it was Montreal. Uh, the guy with that, the guy that they call Wi-Fi in Montreal with all the letters and vowels in his name <laughs> starts with an X, number 72, the one that, um, that went nuts at the end of the game um, with uh, Marco Rossi. Anyway, uh, he's the one that uh, I believe injured Brandon Duham. Uh, but he'll be back in the lineup um, tonight. Trying to think what else is going on. Mentioned Stephen Fogarty's story. Um, you got Wallstack coming up as well. Um, but right now the team is, uh, you know, sort of treading water. Uh, they were 5-1-1, one, one, remember, um, coming back uh, after that win against Montreal and after that long five-game road trip. And they had a real disappointing flat loss to the Seattle Kraken, went to L.A., um, played hard, lost one nothing. went to Anaheim, played hard, won 4-1, went to Seattle, won one nothing. were completely outplayed in that game, um, but won the game one nothing thanks to Marc-Andre Fleury, and then came home and uh, blew a game against the San Jose Sharks by losing in a shootout 3-2. So we'll see how they do against Nashville. But now the Wild have had a soft, soft schedule the last month. That and they are seven, six, and two. So now things get tougher. They're at Nashville tonight. Pittsburgh comes to mound. Carolina comes to town. Winnipeg comes to town. Toronto comes to town. And then Arizona, Edmonton, and Anaheim as the Wild open a seven game homestand coming up against some really good teams in there as well. Uh, but without further ado, let's uh, hear from Jesper Volstadt. But first, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Now Lisois goes in on Volstead. He'll play it and go for the empty net. Jesper Volstead does it! Jesper Volstead, as if he hasn't done enough tonight, has just scored an empty net goal with 32.6 seconds to play. He has done it all as Jesper Volstead, and he will go through the line at the bench with his glove whirling in the air. An incredible moment for Jesper Volstead. Oh, my word. Well, Volstead was ready for this. The shot came from neutral. He gloved it and put it right down onto his forehand and then went 200 feet. Well, that was the sound of Ben Gislason calling the first ever goalie goal in Minnesota Wild organization history, not just Iowa Wild history. Uh, no Wild goalie has ever scored a goal. No Iowa Wild goalie has ever scored a goal. And no Houston Arrows goalie has ever scored a goal, at least while they were a Wild affiliate. And that was uh, the first one by Jesper Wallstedt. We will call him Jespa Wallstedt. That's the way it's pronounced in uh, Sweden. And how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Great, great. Well, congratulations. And uh, 20th birthday, also right around the corner. And what a way to celebrate your first North American Pro victory and a goalie goal. What was it like? Oh, it was uh, it was crazy. It was uh, it was really surreal. Uh, you know, you I've scored one when I was younger, and uh, I I never probably thought that I was gonna get the chance to do it again. Uh, and yeah, it was it was very surreal. Uh, I was joking with my brother because the the goal I scored uh, last time was around five years and uh, a couple of days ago. So uh, I told him and said like. If I can score one goal every five years, that's that's something pretty good. So, no, it's it was it was so surreal, so fun. So, um, hopefully someday, I, I hope I can get the chance to do it again. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're you're going to go down in history with the best shooting percentage in Iowa Wild history. That's for sure. <laughs> you're going to get a hundred percent, even if you get another and another. Um, you you know what? Well, I mean, the, the, it was like the perfect storm too, right? I mean, it, he just flipped the puck right in your glove, and it, within, I mean, it was like you you didn't even think you just put it down on the ground and shot. No, I think I did like all the math pretty fast in my head at the moment the puck was coming into to me in the air. Uh, I was kind of figuring out, okay, we have a two goal lead here. We're on the PK. Uh, there isn't really much risk right here. So uh, I'm going to try to go for it. Uh, and it ended up going in the back of the net. So uh, that was fun. And uh, Judd Brackett was telling me that he was just disappointed that you didn't go post and end, that it was just dead center of the net. I, I I felt <laughs> like the dead center is a little bit ri- more risk free. So <laughs> <laughs> no, no I doubt, got lucky. I got lucky there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. A lot of Wild fans have asked if you could play center. Yes, but because uh, the Wild could use some scoring touch up here right now. Or have you ever played any other positions? I was a defenseman when I was young, uh, probably until I was about 12 or 13 uh, i was playing for a for a smaller team that was just outside of, of Westeros, my hometown though so uh, they needed a couple of players so uh, i played as a defenseman there and as a goalie back in in my hometown team then uh, and i i actually had 
14 points in seven games, seven goals, seven wow. assists. So it was that back that, at that time where uh, everything didn't really matter as much, and I was uh, I was I was growing a lot when I was young, so uh, I was quite big at that time. So. Uh, I was a very offensive defenseman. Uh, I would like to go forward, but I didn't really like to to back check a lot. So uh, that's probably <laughs> the reason why I, why I got so many points. I was playing more like a forward. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, Heater wants to know if you got to keep your first uh, goal puck and what you're going to do with it. Yeah, I did. Um, I don't know. Probably uh, send it back to my parents back home and uh, and hopefully keep it somewhere. Uh, I remember I have a. I have my my puck from when I was young too, uh, still back there. So uh, maybe this one uh, would would like to get some company besides that one. So uh, it's 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 for sure fun to to keep saving those. Um, it was it was really fun getting to know you during training camp, uh, Jespa. I mean, we we obviously it was a bizarre situation when you were drafted in the first round in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, we really have only talked to you via Zoom ever since you were drafted. Um, and then finally, we get to see you in the locker room. Uh, we get to see you winning exhibition games as well. What has this whole experience been like uh, coming over to North America and just the adjustment to North America, both on and off the ice? Oh, it's been it's been great so far. Uh, I, I really enjoy the rookie camp there and and also the training camp, uh, meeting all the all the prospects, but also all the all the veteran guys and the NHL players. Uh, it was really really nice and. Also, like sharing the crease with Fleury and and Gustafsson and and the other goalie prospects and and trying to learn and pick up new things there has been has been really good uh, and I felt like I grew a lot up there uh, and then sent down and got got to start a season here uh, getting to know this organization and all the players here have been have been good so far uh, like guys like Ryan O'Rourke and and uh, Damien Giroux here have really taken really good care of me. Uh, I, inviting me over for dinners and, uh, and and so on to hang out with with their uh, with day over there uh, and they actually threw me a little birthday party yesterday uh, and, and and kind of have a dinner over there so uh, we're a little awesome. we're a little get crew here with uh, yeah, me uh, Rorky and, and G and, and Simon as well so uh, we're trying to spend a little bit of time and I, I think that have definitely helped me uh, adjust over here a little bit and, and taking care of the things outside of hockey because as a young gun, uh, a lot of the things outside of hockey is, is at least as important as as the thing on on the ice. So uh, just keeping everything off the ice in check and, and then trying to, to keep developing on the ice has, has been my my first kind of priority now. And especially, I mean, you know, being a teenager coming over here, at least up until the other day, <laughs> yeah, you know, just sure. getting used to living I mean, in North America, in Des Moines. I mean, I'm sure it is a culture shock. It is. It really is. And I think like uh, living very close to to those three guys have, have definitely helped, and and they come with a lot of good things to to help that and just adjustment being a little bit easier, and come with small tips and tricks here and there, and and just making making sure I'm in the I'm in in a good mood and a good situation to to keep keep being happy and getting down to the arena and keep want to improve has has definitely helped. So they've been great so far. Now you've only played four games, so there was an injury in between. Are you okay now? Yeah, without uh, it was just just a little weak, a little scratch there. So uh, I had to take mm -hmm. some rest, but get getting back now. So it's been it's been good. Um, you know what is uh, first of all, I heard that they also gave you a nice little send off at practice today uh, for your birthday. 
Yeah, they did. I got a rocket between my eyes today, so uh, I was a little shaken up. But uh, we were we we could finish finish the rest of the practice with, uh, without any problems. So uh, wasn't wasn't a big deal. Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, that during practice there was a little concern that you would even be able to do this podcast, but you uh, you seem to be um, you know unscathed, uh, which is uh, thankful uh, right there. Um, before I get to a bunch of Twitter questions, I did want to um, ask you, um, Jesper, about Mason Shaw. I mean, uh, you know, what has been the reaction of uh, you know? I know you haven't been in Iowa long, but Mason Shaw has gone through unbelievable adversity to get to the NHL. This really is such a feel good story that he leaves Iowa and it looks like he's never going back um, no. given a real number today. I mean, what has been the reaction of all your teammates down there to seeing a guy who has worked his butt off to get to this point, make it to the NHL? Yeah. You know, I've only got to know Mason for a couple of weeks. Uh, I was with him on during the camps up there. And, and also I think around a week or so down here in Iowa. Uh, and he's just such a great person. Uh, as you said, he works his ass off every day and comes down to the arena with a smile on his face. And, uh, and really try to get everyone involved. Uh, he's not leaving anyone outside. And yeah, he was he was a great captain for us. I think he's he's just that leader we needed. And uh, yeah, I'm so happy for him just being up there and, and taking, uh, try, trying to make himself uh, or, or trying to like get into the role that he have gotten up there. Uh, he's been playing, I've been watching every game Minnesota has played. And I think he has just been terrific out there on the ice. So uh, very happy for him. And uh, I hope he's, Stays up there and keeps keeps continue on this success he has this far. Let's get to some Twitter questions. Yes, but uh, Justin Back uh, ask Backy asks. Uh, I see that your dad played goaltender in Sweden. I know your brother did as well. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, by the way, um, how much did did that factor into you becoming the touted goaltender that you are? Uh, a lot, I would say. Uh, I was I was a little bit in between goal and defenseman uh, when when I was young uh, and. Maybe dad and and mom uh, was maybe hoping for a for a defenseman, uh, but then I was glad my brother was playing goalie, and uh, uh, and both of them clearly saw that I was a better goaltender than a than a player. <laughs> so uh, at, when I was deciding, I uh, I decided to become a goalie instead. But uh, maybe it became a little bit more pricey for my dad in the long run. But uh, I hope hope it turns out, and I can give him some some payback one day. A uh, great question here from Jordan wants to know if your number 30 uh, is a tribute to Henrik Lundqvist. And also, do, are you going to stick with that or are you going to try to ask the Wild to one day unretire their number one that's up in the rafters just to honor the fans? Yeah, I've seen this a lot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the the whole reason why I had number one these two past years has been because when I got uh, up in the SHL team in Lulio, uh, the starting goal tender there had number 30, so I couldn't pick it. Uh, and then for my second year, uh, they uh, didn't want me to change number because I had everything in number one, so I couldn't change it over to number 30 either. Uh, so now when I got the chance to finally decide what number I wanted, I picked 30, which I've had since I was probably 10 years old. I've always been a 30 guy okay. because of Henrik Lundqvist. So uh, my goal and my plan is to stick with 30 uh, as long as I can, but uh, we'll see what I, what I do. If, if, if there, there's another goalie sometime, maybe I'll go with another number, but no, I'm not going to ask the wild to retire. Number one, that's <laughs> uh, in my best interest. Uh, I'm, I'm staying without it. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a 30 guy or, or maybe some other number. You've gotten to know Lundqvist a little bit. Am I am I wrong on that? 
I've met him a, a couple of times, uh, and yeah, he's a terrific person. And uh, I think like the the reason why so many Swedish goaltenders are so into him is not only because what he did on the ice, but like what what a great human he's been off the ice and what he meant to to Swedish goalie development throughout all these years. So um, he's more than just a he's more than just an ice hockey goalie to us. I would say. Uh, Noah wants to know uh, what forward are you most looking forward to making a save on in the NHL, and what's the strangest thing that happened to you during the 2022 World Junior Championships? Uh, what forward? I was I was very hyped in the preseason when I got to see that I was going to play against Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, and uh-huh. also Pavelski there. That was very surreal to me. Uh, I just remember playing NHL when I was young and having them on my team instead. And now I was facing shots against them. Uh, but I think the easiest answer is probably McDavid. I would say uh, just the right. best player, yeah, just the best player in the world, and still young. And uh, I, I think our generation have just seen him coming up and going through everything, and just how he bl- kind of blow the NHL away by how good he is. So he's he's definitely hopefully one day I can make it up there to try to play against him. And what was the whole World Junior uh, experience like? I mean, you go you go over to Alberta the first time, it gets postponed while you're there, and then obviously you go back this summer. Yeah, yeah. The first World Juniors during uh, <clears throat> during the Christmas there got, got cancelled, and uh, I was feeling great. Uh, I had a pretty good game against Russia, and then an outstanding game against Slovakia, uh, and then got cancelled and I ended up with COVID and I was sitting in quarantine for five days in, in Red Deer uh, which for the people who hasn't been in Red Deer there ain't much to do there uh, <laughs> and I also was locked into a room so uh, it was tough but uh, a little bit of adversity I've never killed anyone um, I just <laughs> kept improving and kept developing and, uh, and then get back to, to the World Juniors which was so clear to me that I had to go back. Uh, I just wanted to get back there again. It was probably my last last chance to to play for the international junior team there in Sweden. So uh, it was my last tournament as a junior player overall. So uh, it was it was a I as soon as they reached out to me, it was a, a clear just for from me, and uh, I just looked for so much forward to it to to get out there and uh, and play it. And yeah, it was. We was going for that that gold medal, but uh, we lost to Finland there with a one nothing uh, loss, and uh, ended up securing the the bronze medal, which was which was very good, and I was was very happy with that result. Yeah, I know. Uh, Wild fans just had a blast watching you from afar. I don't know. I I know that you said you you you're not big into social media, but you definitely realize how much Wild fans are still looking forward to eventually seeing you in this uniform, right? Yeah, definitely, uh, and. I just feel a lot of support uh, overall from from all the wild fans. Uh, I can really see it on, even though I'm just uh, out scrolling a little bit on Instagram and, and looking at my DMs or, or or so so on. There's a lot of wild fans who, who are like just texting me and sending good good messages or, or motivating me and, and and so on. And I definitely see all of them. And maybe I can can't like text back on everything, but. Uh, just to, to say it, I, I definitely see all of them and it means a lot to me and uh, it's been it's been really good so far. 
Uh, by the way, I've been to Red Deer one day in my life. I remember I went to a bar there called Billy Bob's. It's like a country western bar. That's the only thing I know about Red Deer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, no. so, um, let me ask you this. Here's a great question from JBX. And, and we learned this actually during the World Juniors. You had an unbelievable game in the World Juniors. You guys lost. And after the game, all the quotes from you were about how bad you played. And we were, we were all kind of like, you know, uh, amazed at your accountability. And that's what he asked. Um, he said, personal accountability seems to be a huge theme for you, often citing your own performance for fault, despite how your team may have played. How does this mindset give you an edge as a goaltender? And how does it uh, play into your style of your game? Um, I feel like I'm, I've always been a, a leader uh, on, all, on all the teams I've been playing on. Uh, Maybe sometimes I'm not the loudest guy, uh, but I, but I, at all the times I've always wanted to be kind of like an internal leader for the group. Uh, it's it's impossible to give a goal a letter, so you can't really see it. But it's something within the group. I take a lot of accountability for what I uh, what I want to contribute with to the success we have as a team, uh, and especially during the World Juniors team, I felt like I was. Uh, after the, the nose from Alexander Holtz and, uh, William Eklund and so on, I felt like I was, I was one of the leading players there. Uh, I was one of the guys who had to play good if we wanted to go, uh, anywhere it felt like. So, uh, me having a, a, a game all, or a worse game than I, what I was expecting, uh, didn't give us the chance to win that game. Uh, and I don't want to be the guy that just sits back being quiet. I want to tell that I'm, I'm expecting more from myself. Uh, and I want to send those signals to the team, uh, so they can feel like, okay, he's, he's expecting more from himself. And, uh, maybe that give them an extra boost to, uh, block an extra shot or, or whatever they can do for me too. Uh, because at the end of the game, the day we're out there, we're trying to win games and we're doing as a, as a team. Uh, and we need everyone on the team to, to win that game. Uh, it can't be a one man show or, or so on, but we need everyone and we need everyone con to contribute. Uh, and I'm very hard on myself. I have very high expectations on myself, even higher than whoever the fans are or the organization or, I'm, I'm always going to be the one at the end of the day that has the highest expectations on myself. So, uh, and I also think that's a, a way to keep pushing me to keep developing, keep getting better and better and, uh, and hopefully become, uh, what I can be. Uh, and that's just something I have in between or in, in myself that, uh, I'm never happy with. It's, it's hard for me to be happy, uh, with my performances. Uh, because I just want to keep improving, even though it's, uh, it's a 35 save night, uh, and I still let in two goals or three goals. There's still three goals that I can keep improving on. I could have done something better to not let in those goals. So, uh, it may be a different mindset to some people, but, uh, that's just how I think. And, uh, yeah. and, and a, a great way for me to, to always keep improving and keep getting better. Man, what a what an impressive attitude you have, and I guess that's how you become a first uh, round pick uh, in the National Hockey League. A couple more fun ones for your Jesper. Um, uh, what do you do uh, on the side for fun? I, I know that we were talking right before we came on that you're a big gamer. Yeah, that that's right. Uh, it's like right now, especially during the seasons, uh, there's a lot of video games going on. Uh, 
I have my my computer with me here, so uh, my little laptop here. So uh, there's a lot of gaming and just getting in in touch with my friends back home. Uh, that's to me is something that it's it's very va- valuable in life is is your friends and family, uh, and I value my friends uh, that I've had throughout my whole life very very high. So just keep keeping in touch, talking with them every day, playing a couple of couple of games or whatever and and just laughing with them uh, is is very meaningful to me uh, and that just sometimes just playing one game of counter strike with my fl- friends and laughing a little bit it's can make my whole day uh, without yeah. see- without seeing them for a long while so yeah um, and also i love playing golf that's that's what i do during the whole summer so i play so much golf that it's probably ridiculous uh but also also a great way to to keep in touch and talk have a good conversation with your friends and go out for a nice round of golf so uh, i would say that's awesome those two on the sites are, are very important to me um dylan asks uh who's the hardest guy to stop in practice in iowa uh oh wow i would say that mitchell shafe has a really good shot uh he can really rip it and he can really put it where he wants to so he's been he's really good but as a skill for a guy i would say nick Pitan too because he just has those silky smooth hands and you <laughs> it's so hard to read sometimes so uh those two guys in different aspects of it kind of i would say uh jack wants to know what hometown meal or dish are you missing the most since coming to north america probably my m- probably some good swedish meatballs uh, <laughs> that's probably what it is uh i still i can still probably find them here but it's just it doesn't just have the same feeling uh, right right but yeah that's probably the thing i don't eat it that much but now when i've been away from it i just realized like how much i i actually miss them kind of <laughs> <laughs> um uh, you mentioned flurry er, uh earlier in the podcast uh andrew wants to know if were you able to soak in much of mark andre flurry during training camp yeah i was having a lot of good conversations with him uh both out on the ice but also off ice getting into a little bit of the gear and everything and you know i'm i'm a very modern goal, goalie and he's he's maybe a little bit more old school kind of in, in <laughs> one way uh but it's it's so so interesting to me to kind of compare the different styles and uh, different equipment and and everything uh, that goes into to into your kind of like your your game plan overall so uh, yeah a lot of good great conversations with him and a lot of fun like he's such a funny dude he has yeah so many funny jokes and and so many other fun things like i i i enjoyed every moment i spent with him so yeah it was great uh, Mariah wants to know, goalies are typically known for being superstitious. Do you have any superstitions or routines that you always file? Uh, not really. Uh, I don't have that much. Uh, I'm trying to trying to stay away from it so I don't have to feel that I need to do something before a game day. Uh, most of the things I do are usually like keeping the same warm up uh, and kind of doing the same things when I'm down on the arena. But for like pregame meal, pregame naps, I I never nap. That's maybe one thing. I hate pregame naps. Uh, that's <laughs> not that's not my thing at all. So, uh, but pregame meal doesn't matter at all. Uh, but when I probably when I head down to the arena, I start to do the same things over and over again. Uh, but after the start of this season, after the three losses in a row I had, I 
started to switch up a little bit. So uh, I've never played sewer before, uh, before games, but now, I've, <laughs> not, now I've started to do it just because I wanted to switch up something and switch Makes my sense. whole, switch my whole, uh, warm up routine and, uh, stop having music before games. So I'm just trying to figure out something that, that works for me over here now. Uh, just sometimes you just need a break from what you've done all the time. So. It is funny. Uh, the, the last podcast I did, Kalen Addison was on. He said he actually takes like four hour game day naps. So you're very different than him. Uh, speaking of music, uh, Jared, by the way, uh, asked, what kind of music are you into? He wants to know if you're a fan of the Swedish band In Flames. Um, I don't know about that band, to be okay. honest. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm into mostly I listen to American rap. That's probably my thing. Uh, okay. A little bit of edm uh house music uh and and also these songs are a little bit more chill uh this far i have not gotten into country music it's not my thing uh, i know it's very american but uh not have not clicked on me yet uh yeah, I, yeah. I hear it a lot like that's it's <laughs> almost the only thing that plays in our lo- locker room and plays on the roadies and so on but haven't really stuck with me yet that's hilarious. And two more for you. One is a fun one, one uh, more of a serious one. Aram, Eric wants to know if you have a favorite nickname that has grown on you. He suggests when you get the big call to the NHL, the Great Wall of St. Paul. <laughs> That's uh, a good one. I think from throughout the, all the years, it's always been Wally, uh, just mm-hmm. because it's kind of easy and uh, and just comes, comes with my last name. Uh, but I also heard... Uh, during one of the games here, I, I think it was Caspic or something called me Jay Waltz, uh, and it was <laughs> it was quite funny too. So uh, yeah. those two right now are the ones sticking with me over here. Cool. And last question for you, Jesper. Um, you know, a, a lot of Wild fans obviously want, are you know yearning to know how quickly it'll take before you get to play games in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, whether you could even be the backup next year or something like that. H- have the Wild actually mapped out a plan for you, or is it pretty much, are you just not keeping your eye on that and you're just going to play games in Iowa until you develop to the point where you uh, you belong here in Minnesota? Yeah, I, I haven't spoken with them about a plan. I wouldn't say that. Uh, it's more, it's more, I take it day by day. Uh, of course, I have maybe a little bit of my own plan in my head, uh, but I won't won't uh, tell that one out but uh, mm-hmm. you try to go day by day every day and uh, try to um, keep improving keep working hard uh, i know that it took some time when i got into the shl uh, and then my second year was a, a great year um, and it's have started off a little bit rough here uh, trying to just get into everything settle down put put piece by piece into the puzzle uh, make a, a good structure and um, we're we're trying to build something that is long term here. We're not trying to build something short term and just rush me uh, in my development. So if it takes a little bit longer time, that's fine with me. Uh, but um, I'll 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 just say that we'll see how long it takes. Uh, I'm I'm open to whatever it, they feel like, uh, what how long they think it, the development is. Uh, but I I for sure want to get up there and feel like I belong there. Uh, I don't want to rush up there and get up there and feel like, okay, this, this is a step over where, where I'm at at my game right now. Uh, I, I feel like I want to get there, show up and show that I belong there, show that I can play there. Uh, and whenever that time is, we will, we'll see probably, uh, but I don't want to get up there and make a fool out of myself. I want to 
show up and show both to the organization but also to the teammates and everything that i belong there i can give them a good chance to win and i want to be i want to take we go back to the same things as before i want to take my accountability up there uh, when i get there uh, and i don't want to feel like i can't do that because i'm not good enough so uh, i'm gonna let it take the time it it needs but uh hopefully that day will come fast but we just have to see I cannot believe that English is not your first language. It's it's <laughs> unbelievable. Like uh, you you are so well spoken, and what an attitude you have. And uh, I know all of us in Minnesota fans and media alike uh, cannot wait to cover you, Yespa, and uh, do it at your own time, as you mentioned. Yeah, thank you guys. No, it's yeah, uh, it's always great speaking with you. Yep, thanks. That is uh, Yespa Valstad, and uh, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, my thanks to Jesper Wallstadt for uh, joining straight from the source this week. Uh, great, 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 great hockey player that Wild fans will be hopefully seeing in their lineup for many, many years as the long-term uh, future number one goalie of this franchise. Uh, lots of podcasts throughout our platform. I don't know if you've heard, but I co-host with Jesse Granger and Rob Pizzo, The Athletic Hour, every single Wednesday. And our guest this week, Tom Fitzgerald, the New Jersey Devils GM. The Devils have been one of the biggest surprises in the National Hockey League. I uh, covered Tom Fitzgerald back in my time in uh, Florida. And if you uh, listened last season, Tom Fitzgerald was actually a guest here on Straight From The Source as well. So Tom will be joining The Athletic Hockey Show on Wednesday. So definitely listen to that one. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review. And right now, get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just a dollar a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Straight from the source will probably return next week, maybe with Mason Shaw. And don't forget to listen to me on The Athletic Hockey Show Roundtable along with Rob Pizzo and Jesse Granger every Wednesday here at The Athletic. Talk to you next week, everybody. Everybody.